Good morning, it's Wednesday. It is time again for your Animal Central with me, Sharon Dale, and my amazing co-host, who I miss so much this week. Yay. Hi, Jono. So you, you say you missed me I this week. I missed you. We have so much fun in the studio, especially last <laughs> week with Casper de Fresia. Oh, no, awesome. Well, the thing, I keep up with you on Facebook. I see all your animal posts, and okay. I'm... Even though I don't see you in the week, Sharon, I'm still it's, it's in your life. But it's really boring. It's all no. about animals most of the time. No. Sometimes I do have Well, your life is about animals, hey? I mean, as the editor of Canine Zone. Yeah, and well, ma- mainly animals, also diabetes. Yes, you have another magazine with diabetes. Yeah, living with diabetes. Yeah, and that, is so, that because I know your son, uh, son suffers? Has diabetes oh, since gosh, he was six. Yeah. He's now 21, healthy and fit and oh. he's managed it properly. But there's millions of people in this country with it, and I saw a gap for education Mm. And uh, that's why I brought it out last year in December. Mm. So if anyone out there has diabetes, go and look at Clicks or CNA mm. and pick up Living with Diabetes. We're doing that twice a year. So that also, you know, diabetes, dogs, a beauty magazine coming out <laughs> in the middle of the year. All my passions. All right. You but today it's all about the animals. Today What's... it's all about the animals. And I'm so happy to have Christine Cook, who's the spokesperson. Um, NPRO for the NSPCA. This mm-hmm. is a dream come true to actually have Christine here today because I think there's a lot of questions people don't actually know what the NSPCA does, mm-hmm. how it actually works. And, and sometimes people are a little unfair and they need to actually know because this is a society that's been around for over a hundred years mm. and they've done Is that so just much. in South Africa or is that worldwide? I mean, it was established in South Africa over a hundred years ago. So it's a long time. And, you know, whenever there's major issues, the SBCA is there because they have. But we're going to speak to Christine and find out what they do, how they work. Um, You know, they have branches. I think there's something like 83 individual SBCAs in SA. SA, And they do a lot of good work. So I'm really glad. I'd love to know how many animals they've helped over that 100-year period. must be millions. Yeah, I don't think you can estimate. So so that's very exciting. We're going to find out more. And I just want to do, John, I had some questions this week. People wanting to know how do they send in questions. Can you explain that process to our listeners? Well, the most common way is um, WeChat. That is direct to our studio. We read it straight away. So, obviously, if you have WeChat and you, uh, I don't know if the word is follow Cliff Central, and you literally just type message to show and we'll see that message instantly. And then, of course, Facebook Cliff Central. Okay, so they simply go to the Cliff Central Facebook page. Okay, well, that's easy. Or tweet us at cliffcentral.com. And uh, then, yeah, we pick that up pretty much instantly. So, yeah. Or uh, we don't do call-ins, no, do we? No, of course we, we do, do call-ins. 0861-555-189. So if you have any questions or want to speak to Christine, please give us a shout. Yeah. And now you were telling me something exciting. Is this guy from Australia? Who is this guy? Oh, no. I was talking about uh, Dr. Chris Brown. Yeah. He's in our latest issue of Canine Zone magazine. Mm-hmm. Let me punt this a bit. Yeah, just it's a bit. It's out next awesome. week, Wednesday. CNA, pick and pay, spa, Woolworths. And now I'm seeing on awesome the cover issue. there, you have the, is this the preprint or is no, this the... No, this is it. We're focusing on golden retrievers. So is this the first month that there's been a dog on the cover and not Caesar? Actually, you know, we did try it a bit. You know, we changed over from mm-hmm. Caesar's way to canine zone for many reasons mm. in November. So this is our second canine zone with the change. But this magazine is very interesting, Jono, in that we, we are, yes, we are a rescue magazine. We do help rescue dogs. We encourage people mm-hmm. to adopt. Uh, we do features on our animal angels and rescue stars, the, the different uh, shelters. We're going to have Barking Mad and the following. This issue, we've got um, uh, Bull Terrier Rescue. Mm-hmm. But then we also focus on the breeds, Golden Retrievers, which is in this issue, breed owner stories, people talking about their breeds, Day in the Life of a Vet Nurse. We've got this amazing A Dog for All Seasons, which talks about how the elderly can benefit from having a dog and keep it. But going back to Chris Brown, he is the host of the Bondi Vet, which is an Australian program. He does come over to the country every now and again. The most amazing guy. He's, he's a veteran. Are we going to get him in studio? Jonna, I'm going to try my best, even if I'm at the airport begging him. What's so fantastic about him? You know what I think, firstly, is the ladies love him. He's a very good-looking young man. Let me me see a pic of this. You want to see him. I'll be the judge of this. We'll find him. Very good-looking young man. A lot of uh, charisma. 
He goes around, you know, helping dogs. There he is. Now, how cute is that? I wish our listeners could see him. Okay, let me try to describe this guy. (laughs) He kind of has, what is that show, um, The Mentalist? You know that yes. actor, he's got that long yes. flowy blonde hair. He's, he reminds me of uh, a Baywatch guy yeah. from the old days, you know, on the Bondi beach, you know, with his huge animal lover. But you know what? Any guy or any, like, you put a dog in his hand and mm. women will die for him. Oh, and I see sure. this guy's got a little, sure. what is that? A Oh, well, a I think dashant. those are just photos of him with various patients that he's had. It's hard not but to be cute when on, you have a dog on in your DSTV. hand. He's, he's done amazing work with his show. He now also works with wildlife. So we asked him a couple of questions in there. And yes, ladies, he is single. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting show coming up. Yeah. Get involved if, if you want to ask any questions. We'll be back with Christine. And we're back, Animal Central. Today we're talking to Christine Cook from the SP, from the NSPCA. Sorry, Christine. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Huge pleasure. Now, it's lovely to get you here because, I, as I was saying earlier, I think there's a lot of confusion about what it is that the NSPC does, the SBCA, all that kind of thing. But, but let's start with you. Uh, you've been with the NSPCA, am I right? Or SPCA for a long time. That's correct. I started, um, it's now a career with um, the SPCA movement, but it began with the Ramberg SPCA. I was a committee member. I trained as an inspector there because I thought that would lead to making far better informed decisions uh, as a member of the committee. And I'll never forget, it was in 1998, mid-1998, that I moved to the National Council. Um, they, they were looking for someone with journalist experience who was a qualified inspector to produce a magazine. Oh. And the whole thing was derailed on my second day at work when there was allegedly a problem involving some elephants near Brits. And okay. that's when the Tuli elephant case just yes. took over oh, our lives. Right. Yes, it, I it remember just that. took over. It was huge. I remember. But are you an animal lover? Is that what brought you to the SBC in the first place? You, you need an affinity towards mm. animals, certainly. Um, my personal feeling is compassion is compassion. Uh, and I, I have a problem when you separate compassion for animals and compassion for people. Yes. Um, y- compassion for a living thing, I think. Yes. Yeah. Compassion for sentient beings. Mm. And I, I've never quite worked out um, this whole species thing either. And I'm mm. contradicting myself. I'm mm. saying it as a cat person. But, you, you know, <laughs> how can you um, permit or turn a blind eye to abuse of certain species and yet be passionate yeah, uh, about others? others? That's true. And perhaps we're sort of jumping way ahead of your interview here. But one of the things people often come to SPCAs and say, I really want to work for you because I, I love animals. I'm passionate about animals. And, of course, that that's a, a basic mm. um, premise. Yeah, sure. But we, we need to bear in mind that working at an SPCA involves working with people. Oh, and they're often okay. very emotional people. Um, if your animal got out and was hit by a car, yeah. if your animal is dying with, with some condition, yeah. or perhaps a relative has passed away, and there are animals involved. Yes. So that human element is still important. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not just going to play with the dogs all day. You're mm. going to be dealing with other issues. Hey? And especially once you get into the um, more inspectorate field, and that even involves the front desk people on reception, mm. you only need one call. And let's look at the greyhound issue oh, last week. Yes. Oh, that was that just terrible. call was handled by a person can who realized how serious this was coming in. Can you just explain the call? I'm actually not familiar. It, it is horrendous footage. Um, sorry, it, it's um, the beating of a greyhound. Um, but the other animals on what we'd hesitate to call a property were, were in the most dreadful, dreadful condition. Mm. And that was a case of a caring person 
having the courage to come forward. Mm. But over and above that, it was the recognition from an SPCA staff member that here's something important. I've got to keep this person talking. I need the details. Let's get the information. Mm. And so often, it's a very difficult dividing line. Um, People will phone, and I get emails the whole time, complaining about their neighbor's dogs. Now, a complaint about a dog that disturbs their sleep because it barks and on It's very different yes. f- from the savage yes. cruelty that goes on out there. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. often the callers blur the lines. If it is a barking dog complaint, uh, and, you, you know... Those are legitimate. Absolutely, yeah. but that's bylaws. Mm. But then they'll often say it would only be behaving like this if it was abused. And then mm. you're taking welfare time to go around. And any behaviorist will tell you that dogs bark for many reasons. Yes, yes. And I know with my own dog, I know the difference between I, I'm going to bark because I think there's a bad guy. I'm going to bark for because fun. someone has <laughs> yes. a puppy on a leash. Right. And I'm going to bark right. because I feel like barking. I was just going to mm. say that dogs generally mm. just bark up in the air. And yeah. the, you don't know what they're barking at. But sometimes, I mean, as we had an incident in December where a few houses down, people had just gone on holiday, mm. left no oh. food, no water, no shelter. Unspayed, male and female, the female was on heat. Mm. So, yes, we did phone the Ruder Pretty SPCA. Mm. They were out there very quickly, had a look, got hold of the owners. And that is, for me, what the SPCA is is mm. out there mm. to help. Because I couldn't have jumped over the wall. I've got no <laughs> legal rights to go and That's you know, wrestle a, a bulbul Especially if fence. people are away. You have to take action that day. Mm. You can't yes. wait till the people mm. come back. You can't wait for the police. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we had a, a particularly sad case on the East Rand where caring people noticed that Great Danes were losing condition mm. and phoned. It's exactly what you said. The SPCA went out, but they found the owner had been dead for some oh time. My. Oh, no. And c- can you see where we're coming from with this kind of human link? Yes. It, it, it's so tragic no. that it took, thank goodness there are animal lovers, people noticing the dogs were not being fed mm. and losing condition oh. before anybody noticed that, that the a, man. This yes. person it was deceased. Yes. Oh, so, that is so sad. You know, in a case like that, thank goodness we do work very, very mm. closely um, with all emergency services. But that's why we always say, if you have any doubt, report it. Yes, We'd rather have it, have it reported out. ten times over mm. than everybody think, oh, I'm sure somebody else yes, has told that's you. True. Oh, okay. That's true. You get a lot of people that look the other way. But, uh, Christine, I'm going to circle back to the grand story in Max, um, so I want to find out what happens in these cases. But let's just let's just explain to our listeners what is the NSPCA, what is the SBCA, how are they linked? I was just saying that you've been around for over a hundred years with <laughs> the SPCA, not me. Yeah, I was going to say, not you. you. <laughs> Otherwise, you're doing quite well. You're yeah. looking Thank good, you. Christine. <laughs> sure. But 83 individual SPCAs, how does it work? Is the NSPCA, they're holding, uh, should we call it company? Please explain that. What does the N stand for? Yeah. National. 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 <laughs> and then S? S? SPCA. Society. National. We're actually the National Council of societies for the prevention of cruelty to animals. Now, the the historical background is why it does appear odd or fragmented because Cape of Good Hope SPCA was the original one way back. But yes, it's very difficult to give a number because each SPCA is an independently registered non-profit. But there are branches. For example, Balito is a branch of Durban. Okay. Mossel Bay is a branch of Garden Route, which from an administrative uh, financial fundraising point of view makes sense. But the others, um, if you look at Hauteng, you've got Midrand, Randberg, Ruderport, yes. Alberton, Santon, Edenville, each is independent. Now, the National Council... So are they independent or do they still fall under the the rules and regulations of the national body? They're independently registered as non-profit organizations. But the movement as a whole, this is really unusual, 
not just in South Africa, is governed by an Act of Parliament. It's Act 169 of 1993. And that, everybody said National Council makes the rules. That is an Act of Parliament which governs everything from the requirement of a pre-home check before adoption, that every adoption must be a sterilised animal. It goes further in standardising, so it standardises the uniform, it standardises the reporting lines, and for example, every SPCA must be audited annually. That's the law. Okay. That's the law. National handle, you know, the, the wider issues and sometimes, sorry to say, the forgotten issues. Yes. We're talking um, farm animals. We're talking wildlife protection. Um, animals who are used in sport, right, recreation, right. entertainment. So horses. Uh, Absolutely. See, people forget that. You kind of think dogs, mm. cats. You forget about the other animals mm. out there that the SPCA Look takes Look at issues of. like rodeo. Mm. Mm. Um Animals in laboratories. We're oh, on right. so many ethics committees. It's a wide picture. We do campaign, uh, recent campaigns opposing any moves to legalize dog racing. Yes. And following through if there appears to be an illegal dog race. Sure. Or sure. Hunting with dogs, all these issues. And like would pit go. bull fighting? Dog that fighting, well, we have yes. a special investigations unit. Really? Mm. Oh, that's awesome. That's, you see, that to me is, is absolutely incredible because a lot has been said in the media lately about uh, animals in circuses, for example. I know it was Ban Animal Trading has done huge demonstrations. I think one of them went to, got a bit rough with assault cases being laid and all the rest. Um, the uh, ban animal trading also looks at the not selling puppies and kittens in pet stores. So is that something that the SPCA also looks at? Absolutely. But remember, we have enforcement powers. We would always educate mm, before prosecuting right. where possible. SPCAs and NSPCA inspectors would, uh, on a, a when I say a regular basis, not so that you could predict when, yes. but would inspect anywhere that there are animals. And that would be anything from pet shops to sale yards to abattoirs to grooming parlors. So uh, there doesn't have to be a cause of suspicion. No, if there's animals yes, there, no. you're going to check it out. Check it out. And then if there is a complaint or a tip-off or, or whatever, there can be a, a reactive um, Measures. issue. Yes, yeah. a, a reactive issue. And where you're looking at some of the big issues you touched mm. on, mm. we don't want to go into too much detail because we're not going to broadcast what's happening mm. behind the scenes. And it will take hours. <laughs> we, yeah. a, a warrant can be obtained with terms and conditions on the warrant. And a qualified inspector has the powers of a police officer I saw that. in terms of the Animals Protection That's Act. That's amazing. So, so a police so officer. So he can inf- uh, undergo an, or perform an, an, an arrest, arrest or something like that? Absolutely. Um, it all falls under the Animals Protection Act and the Performing Animals Protection Act. And these acts prescribe powers of entry, powers of seizure. And also, when the inspector may destroy an animal, we're looking there, for example, you may recall a couple of weeks ago when a cattle truck overturned near the Rasmia Plaza. Um, So So if the animals are in pain, he can have the authority to euthanize the animal right there? It's all prescribed in the Act. Um, But often when people come forward and say, you know, I want to act as an inspector, Mm, it's like mm. going to the police and saying, hey, I want to to come. (laughs) There's a, a training process, a qualification process, and an inspector would also have to be an animal welfare assistant. Now, there's a case at the moment with a local SPCA where an employer thought that was a job title. It isn't. It's the third rung of the veterinary ladder where you've got your veterinarian, veterinary nurse, and the third rung is your animal welfare assistant. So that element is incorporated with an inspector. But now, am I right in saying that the SPCA and SPCA is the only 
body in the country that has those rights. A, a shelter cannot go and mm. confiscate an animal. Absolutely. They would have to work through you. Not necessarily. There are exceptions. The Animal Anti-Cruelty League. Um, oh, right, yes. Their inspectors uh, are, have the same powers. And there are one or two others, for example, the Highfield Horse Care Unit, because it's an issue of getting technical, but if you look at the Act, it says a qualified inspector with magisterial authorization for that district. So the magistrate would issue the authorization. Okay, okay. Now, sometimes it would be, um, if you think of the Santon SPCA, their inspectors would have authorization for Santon. But if something arose... It, perhaps in an area where there isn't an SPCA, they would have to apply for that authorization to enter with those powers. Yes, yes. That's, that's very it's, it's really actually comforting to know that when they arrive there, uh, let's say your neighbor, you know, the dogs haven't been fed in days and stuff, they can do something there mm. and then. They mm. have the authority to enter, to do what they need mm. to do instead of waiting for the police to get involved. Well, mm. It gets even more complicated because if we go back to last year, let's look at the case against Tandy Modise and the farm. Yes, um, yes. There they did have a warrant, but, you know, if things got rather heated. <laughs> yes, it's a bit interesting. <laughs> it's still interesting. But yes, there, mm. there's theory, there's practice. Oh. And obstruction of an officer is also an offence. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think the laws are strong enough? I mean, if you find, uh, going back now to the grounds and the story of Max, the husky yeah, that we spoke about a few weeks ago that was, uh, he was like savagely beaten yeah, by a neighbor yeah. out in the, uh, and I know SBC the hotel was taking owner, that. Hey? Correct, mm. a hotel owner. Are the laws strong enough? Do these people, like in the case of these greyhounds, what happens to them? Do, are they prosecuted? Yes. Are they severely prosecuted or is it a rap? Are you, are you winning with the, with the jurors, you know, with the laws and the judges? The, the Animal Protection Act, of course, can be improved, mm. no question, uh, and that that is in process. If you look at the penalties in terms of the Act, they're severe. I I saw that they are very severe. I was just having will a you, look here. Will you give us a, like few? Um, you know what? You sent this through. Can up to three years imprisonment or sixty thousand fine if the case was heard in a magistrate's court. Up to fifteen year imprisonment or a fine of three hundred thousand if caused uh, heard in a regional mm. court. But mm. does this happen? There's a problem. There is um, first and foremost if the accused enters into a plea bargain. It's exactly the same as in any other criminal case. There will be a lesser penalty because the court's time hasn't been taken and so on. Now, much as a lot of people are advocating far more severe penalties for animal abuse, Mm. if you look at recent convictions and sentencing for child abuse, for woman abuse, that has to be your measure. Mm-hmm. And what we've advocated is in the same way that over the festive season you, you've got separate courts for um, traffic offences. Yes. We've promoted, why don't you have separate courts as you have for family-related yes, issues, yes. for animal-related issues. That makes sense. Where you could have your specialised prosecutors, your specialised teams. Mm, they deal with it all day, mm, every day. Yes. They know. Yeah. Yes. So the, the answer is it varies. If you look at certain cases, the speed with which they come to court it is really astonishing. Mm, yes. Other cases drag on and on okay. and on. Unfortunately, so do cases in other areas. Yes. And it's the judicial system. I, I don't know yeah, how I it's... I guess it must be <laughs> pretty difficult because if you look at the greyhounds, the greyhound now, uh, this was a man living in abject poverty, was abusing these dogs. I think he was also breeding puppies. You know, does a man like that get prosecuted? He's not going to come up with 60,000 rand. Does he go to prison for 15 years? Or there was a case a few weeks ago about a man abusing a goat. And I think he, he paid 3,000 rand or something like that and issued an apology. 
To who? Uh, to just like to the general public, you know, for abusing the goat. But I mean, is that something that the the, law, the courts take into account? Do they look at this and go, well, this is um, non-education? Let's put it that way. This that, man didn't yeah. know any better. That would be for a magistrate to answer. To decide. Um, the inspector would be part of the prosecution team. Okay. The inspector would prepare the docket. And perhaps this is another issue we need to clear. People think we just go along to the SAPS and say, hey, I want to charge so-and-so with animal cruelty. Mm. That's not the case. An inspector prepares the entire docket. The affidavits, the supporting visual evidence, the veterinary reports, any witness statements, and a complete docket is handed in at the SAPS. Obviously, we keep a copy. Yes, because yes, get lost very often. Yeah. And we liaise with the prosecutor throughout. Now, that is our role. Yes. We, we are state witnesses okay. in an animal cruelty case. Um, the, the courts do have the right to uh, issue, we, we used to call them... Um, community service oh, and yes. there's another yes. term for it now which has just gone clean out of my head that did occur in one particular case Okay, would they have to go and, and work for it, a shelter or something like that? Well it's an educational process yeah. uh, a See, correctional that's, process That's a big problem mm. Christine is that there isn't education that's why I'm hoping with my magazine just one way but there's a lot of people out there who just aren't educated I'm seeing lately a lot of things are done especially in the in the in the townships and and that there's a lot of education getting out there but at the end of the day I I don't know I think the laws probably need to be a little bit stricter Mm. um and and the other thing is is the spaying and sterilization of animals, which I know is something too that the SPCA does work with, is I was reading somewhere that, that a pair of dogs, I don't know, you might have the stats, how many litters they can have. And you've got these puppy mills, puppy farms, yeah. just breeding these dogs and cats and, and pigs. If you've seen those images before, they're horrendous. It's, yeah. They're horrendous. Mm. And really I hits think home, it's yeah. very big mm. in this country right now. But it's also individuals. Um, the, the number of emails I get on a daily basis there was one yesterday. He didn't want to pay the adoption fee. Mm. Oh. Not because of the amount of money, but he didn't want the dog sterilized. He no, wanted no. to breed with it. No. And we said, uh-uh. sorry, by law, animals adopted from SPCAs have to be sterilized. sterilized. The number who, who come through and complain, it seems to be... It's education, yes, absolutely. Mm, mm. But including in affluent areas where they said, well, why can't she just have one litter of puppies? Because oh, each it, one of those have a litter. Where are Thank they you. going to go? And it's, you know, the to adopt a dog is actually a very good deal because you're paying, I don't know what your fees are, yeah. but it, it usually it's includes It's been inoculated. Yeah, and, exactly, um, microchipped in some cases. Exactly. Um, it, it's a good deal. It really is. And it's also the advantages. Uh, you need a veterinarian to explain it in far better detail than I can. But the health benefits to the oh, animal. Yes. Uh, as you say, if you have a mm. bitch on heat, um, or all the males in the area are, are, are going to yes. go crazy. It, it's a complete misunderstanding that a neutered male is less protective. People confuse aggression mm. with protection uh, yes, or yes. an affinity to the, the human. It's the unneutered ones who are going to get out of the property, mm. wander, get yeah. into fights, cause traffic exactly. accidents. Exactly. I mean, neutering that has got so many, and we'll, we'll actually look at that in a show, John. I think that's a good idea, spaying and neutering. I had my pit bulls uh, neutered many years ago. It's just the benefits we got. He still protects my property and protects me. But people have this thing, especially men, of course, don't want their male yeah. dogs neutered. Yeah. Um, for some, I think because they <laughs> understand what it means to them. <laughs> yes. And then they think their dog has the same sort of yes, feeling. Yes. But, I, you know, I don't think the dog knows any better. No. Yeah, no, it's, and it's not a big deal. I mean, I yeah. got my boy back. The afternoon, the next day he was up and about again as if nothing had happened. Yeah. And and I don't think people need to be breeding. And the excuses are, are insane. We, we want the children to see puppies. No, you man. know, <laughs> We want to see what the dogs will look like. 
not a good enough reason. Really not. It's also, you know, we've been told, uh, uh, that, um, you know, the female, the bitch has such a wonderful temperament. Yes, we want to have babies. All (laughs) five of her puppies are going to have the same (laughs) thing. Absolutely. Exactly. But now, um, if you want to adopt... So you, you will go to the SBCA and you'll have look. There's another question that came up this week on Facebook. Can you only adopt in your area? So if I live in the West Rand and I see a, a pug for adoption in the South, can I not adopt from there because I reside in the West Rand? Do I have to go to Rudaport SBCA? You can adopt out of area. Oh, you can. But what we've tried to do is cut down on these um, pseudo-adoptions. People tend to be, um, I don't know, what what happens is people with an affinity, let's say to a certain breed, find there is a dog of that type at Mm. a certain SPCA. Yes. We insist they have to meet the dog before they can adopt it. Absolutely, yes. Thank you. Absolutely. But what has been happening, and I'm going to mention Rustenburg here, um, they wanted to home their animals, as of course they should. They were putting them on Facebook. The breed clubs were picking up on oh. what animals were there. And I had a call personally. I can attest to it. Somebody in Cape Town wanted to take those two Pekingese. Mm. She didn't want to home them. But she'll put them on her plot till she finds a home. What? And we said, no, it doesn't work like that. And especially with that kind of dog, you, you don't just put them, put on, them a on a plot, plot. Like, you, until you find a home. Mm. So, yes, we're, we're very controlling. Mm. Those animals must go to a home, their home where they'll stay. And because in cases like that, we stepped in and said, I'm sorry, it doesn't work sure, like that. Sure. Rumors spread on social media that yes, you can't adopt out that of you area. Can't, that's exactly you what can, I was told. But you can't set okay. up these bogus adoptions. Yes, yes. If you personally live in Rudaport and you go to their neighbors in Randburg, the rules will apply. Sure, so the home check will still be done in my... Well, that's good to know because a lot of people... Mm. That, that's something that I've continually yeah. been asked. You see, I've adopted... I live in Randburg and I've adopted um, the dog I have now from Joburg. They really did send Randburg SPCA to do a, to home, do a home check. check. I even adopted a cat in the middle of last year from Alberton SPCA. And I promise you... They sent an inspector <laughs> from Randburg SPCA. To check you out? Yeah. yeah. It's a so chippy. Yeah. And it's not just the property. Um, the dog I have is a rather large German Shepherd. Absolutely adorable. But what they were looking for was I have other cats. And oh. they saw the interaction. They, they saw that she's fine with the other cat. Okay, so they're looking if it suits your existing pet household property gates uh, I suppose Look, where will it sleep my where, property what, failed for a puppy oh really <laughs> which proved to me they'd been to the property because it's on a slope and the way the gates open oh, a puppy could, could get escape. under okay. now I was looking to adopt an adult dog I, and that was really good in that it told me Randberg SPCA hadn't just said, hey, we know this person. They hadn't just been to the house and said there were six-foot walls. Mm. They'd mm. really looked and said, hey, a puppy just isn't suitable. Right, right. But, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, the other thing that that people seem to think, another myth, is that the only dogs at the SPCAs are, are crossbreeds, which is not true. Yeah. I mean, you see... The most amazing, everything from a Rottweiler to a Pekingese, yeah. as you say. So, so people can go and look absolutely and, and um, choose a, a purebred. My previous dogs, uh, I've adopted a Beagle, uh, and that was a puppy adoption years ago. Um, I've also had a Rottweiler. My current dog it is a, a beautiful German Shepherd, and often the staff will be helpful. Uh, if people say, people do have affinities. Mm. 
Yes, you know, specific cat breeds yeah. or yes, they do. whatever. And it's not Which a bad thing. Them. I mean, we well, all have our favourite breeds. I, I love the crossbreeds. I think they've got such. Yeah, they are sometimes nature. so beautiful. So actually, cute. all the time, you never really see an ugly dog. I mean, oh, they're all gorgeous. Yeah, in, my, you, in my opinion. But some people do have an affinity to a specific mm-hmm. breed, and that's what they're looking for. Um, so, in that case, I mean, Christine, do you also help people that come to you for adoption and say, "Okay, we want to adopt"? This guy. Do you question them? Do they have to fill in documents? Do you have a behaviorist there that will say, hold on, this dog is a bit more dominant? Or do you help them to make that selection? The individual SPCAs will, definitely. It does vary. Uppington mm. SPCA, for example, has got one staff member. Oh, dear. Whereas if you look <laughs> at some of the bigger ones, yes, there's a veterinarian, there's a behaviorist. Um, they'll ask questions stupid as it might seem, why do you want the dog? Sure. Um, sure. Because it's an important question. Y- you know, when Jock of the Bushveld came out... Everybody every- wanted a Steffi. Yeah. Oh, 101 okay. Dalmatians. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wanted a Dalmatian. Um, so funny. Though. When yeah. I had a pointer, I was 10 kgs lighter. They are exercise fees. Yes. Y- you know, yes. rain, shine, hot, cold. They've Got to go to the park. Maybe I should get a pointer. <laughs> yeah. Have you got any pointers? <laughs> um, you know, so it's a lifestyle thing because over and above the have you got the finance is have you got the level of interest mm. and time. Mm. Yeah. And yet we all are busy and, and sometimes it's just so simple. You, you know, what do you do while you wait for the kettle to boil? Mm. Yeah, give your dog some attention. <laughs> Why not have a ball in your hand and say, come. Or we'll often do the sort of sit command yes. or come when I call you, play mm. just for a couple of minutes. What Absolutely. do you do during an ad break on TV? Yes. And even that level of interest keeps yeah. the interaction going, keeps the animal's attention, stops the boredom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we we ask, you know, why do you want to and because there are wrong reasons yeah, you want yeah, to they breed, want to breed purely or for security locked in a back garden with no attention yeah or they maybe say it's a gift for my child or yeah, i mean Christmas these are all red all. flags yeah those are but red flags. i want to ask about the process like let's say you guys pick a dog up that is stray how long before that dog is up for adoption and mm. how long do you first search for the home how does that process work right you're referring to stray lost missing runaway dogs yes and that is a bylaw issue. Okay. SPCAs, by and large, are licensed uh, or subcontracted under the councils to act as a pound. Any rescue centre that doesn't have pound status may not take in lost dogs. And we have a oh, precedent really? of one being successfully prosecuted for theft by doing so. So mm. people can't... If you wish to... Uh, surrender your dog to a rescue club, you, you can do that. Yes. But not a lost, missing or stray dog. So some a dog you pick up off the yes. road, you can't take it to a shelter. It has to go to the SPCA by law. Um, or, or the local pound okay. in areas perhaps where there isn't an SPCA. Now, the pound period, again, is specified in the bylaws. And people misinterpret that. They say, look at that, look at that. It's only 48 hours and they kill it. No. What? No. The pound period, I think it's 96 hours in Joburg, means that within that period, only the legal owner can reclaim it. 96 hours. We need to check. That's not a lot of time anyway. But most SPCAs will extend it, particularly over holiday periods. Oh, right. But bear in mind... A dog should have a, a, a microchip, a at microchip, least, or a collar, a tag, or a collar and tag. In which case, you, you pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I've got your dog." Mm. In one yes. case, the TV personality said, "No, you haven't." Yes, we have. He looked out of the window and said, "Maybe you did." Oh, <laughs> I'd love to know who that was. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, all my animals are microchips, so so it should be straightforward. During that period, if someone sees the animal and says, wow, even if the finder says, mm. I would like to keep it, put your name down. Because okay. once that period has expired, 
then it can be adopted. So it was 96 hours, what's that? How many? So we need four to days? Check days four we need four to days. check that. Um, and then period. after that period, it goes up for adoption. It can be adopted. Okay. If, if the owner comes through after that period. Yes, what happens um, then? Just readopt it, reclaim it. And there is a reclaim fee which again people <laughs> complain about. But that's prescribed in the bylaws. Yes. Those are the council fees. Okay, so you found the lost dog, the owner comes forward, they do play a pay a reclaim yes. fee. Okay. Yeah. Well you know, in a way yeah. look, accidents happen. Mm-hmm. I one of my dogs got out and I'm pedantic about taking care happens of them. It happens in a split it second. It happens. Yeah. It happened in a split second. But a lot of people don't care. They literally will leave their gates open and hope the dog you know, comes back. You can't take your walk, your dog for a walk in the suburbs and you'll see how many dogs Dogs are out in the street. And then I think they deserve it. You but know, you they see, need to yeah. pay. If you bring it back to the human factor, mm. I've even said to my doctor, if you ever find my dog, please look for me. Yes. yes. I, and <laughs> there was an example. It, it was the Vitkoppen North Riding area where somebody kindly reported a, it was a German shepherd that had been hit by a car lying oh. on the side of the road. The SPCA went out, took it to the vet, so that's a gunshot wound. Oh, what? Now, we couldn't get hold of the owner on his cell. He wasn't at work, and they said, that's really weird. He's usually the first one here. Contacted the police and said, this is from the microchip on the dog. This is where he lived. They found him on his stoop, um, also bleeding. Um, he'd also been shot. Uh, the man? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, They'd been in attack. Goodness. Now, the good news is both the man and dog survived. What? And Gosh. he adopted another dog oh, as a companion a from the SPCA. Now, that is why it, it is the value of a microchip again. Oh, it saved absolutely. the animal's life and, and the man's life. Yes, the Three man's lives because of the other dog. It's not expensive mm. to have it done. It's a once off. It's also proof of ownership. It's also proof of ownership. We, we have people, um, you know, they think they're doing the right thing. Oh, shame. Why is this dog wandering? Mm. Well, if you've been burgled, Yes. Your property is open. The dog will mm. garden and services leave gates open. You've got a frantic owner. Yeah. This, this is an example yeah. from the West Strand now, genuine, where the finder had kept the dog for weeks. Mm. Just before Christmas said, I can't keep him any longer. When he went to the SPCA, they checked there was a microchip. Oh. But when oh. they contacted the owner, he'd been heartbroken for weeks oh, and had adopted another shame. dog in the meantime. Work through the system because you can't assume that if a dog is wandering, there's yes. negligence. Yeah. Yes, it is sometimes negligence, but as I say, I myself have like garden services are the worst. They will leave a gate open. Um, so you, you really I find need it to difficult it. to know when driving along and you see a dog and you, yes. does this dog need my help? Do you know yes. what I mean? Should I try stop? Oh, Should I Jana, leave it? If I had to count the dogs I've collected over the years. But how do you know which ones are r- lost? Uh, I mean, some of them you can see in this my dog opinion, is definitely on the street, lost. They shouldn't be running mm. on the street. So I would, I normally take them to our vet to have them checked for a microchip and then he will call mm. the SBCA after a day or two. You, you see, you're raising another very, very good point uh, and it's prolific in this area. People at the side of the road trying to sell puppies. Mm. Mm. And dog theft. Much yeah. as we we care about these animals, leave it to the SPCA. Yes, because people go and buy them because they feel well, sorry for people the puppies. Are putting themselves at risk. Mm. We've had incidents where a car will stop, and it's syndicated. Oh, yes, it's to draw people for a hijacking or yes. something like. We've had oh. assaults. We've had. Keep the number of the SPCA in your area on your cell phone. Yes, and rather call. Stop as soon as it's safe and tell them exactly where it is. And they will go with the police. That's good advice. Because we've even had incidents where people say, do I stop if there's a straight whatever? Mm, mm. It's wonderful that everybody has a heart for animals, but... Your own safety has to yes, be a factor has to be as well. In. And, and not just that, I think a lot of these, you know, it is, it is the heart, you know, yeah. the emotion. These little puppies in the hot sun. I'll go and buy them. I've heard of cases of people going to buy them. But then you're just promoting but that trade. You are, and uh, I'll give you an example there. Um, that there was somebody selling them. I think it was the far end of William Nicola Mellie Bongwe. 
An individual did the right thing. They contacted the local SPCA who went out, spoke to the man. And he said he was breeding and selling puppies mm. because he was starving. So with his agreement, the puppies were taken to the SPCA for homing. With his agreement, the mother dog, the bitch, was sterilized. And when he asked what would it cost, they'd said, well, why don't you come in on Saturday and start helping us? Oh, right. Now, it led to a permanent job. There's education, Mm. permanent job, and he'll probably go back and tell other people. Yeah. Mm. Whereas, you know, buying them, we we know it's a kind-hearted thing. But if you look at that as just one example, let the local SPCA know because... Look how that mm. was such good news. Such a good good story. And he's very caring of the spade bitch. Well, you see, sometimes, as, as I was saying, it is a lack of education. Sometimes it is a lack of, of funds that, that people yeah, see Yeah, they this as don't a way get their dog. Live. But also, yeah. sometimes they don't have funds to get the dog spayed and neutered. But mm. the SPCA has some sort of thing where if you earn under a certain amount, is it, that they will help you out? I've heard that before. Is that true? We need to go into it because very few SPCAs can afford to have a vet on their staff or a clinic. But you're quite right. There's an almoning system. It runs through the South African Veterinary Council and it is related to income. People are often offended when they go to an SPCA and say, I'd like you to spay, vaccinate, whatever my dog. And they start asking personal questions. They have to. Mm. Because otherwise mm. it would deplete their resources. Sure. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, it, it isn't to help the, the animals of privately owned by private people who are earning income. If that happens and one dog is assisted, how mm, many right, feral cats right. Right. Yeah, won't be assisted? Yeah, won't be assisted. Uh, and, that's another debate I know but where you've got what we call a feral cat colony which are accepted wanted, fed provided they're vaccinated sterilised and there's a caretaker system they have a function we've spoken um, about yeah. that so many times they definitely how necessary do. they really are you know yeah. Christine and, and I have to bring up rather a ugh, you know, the whole topic of euthanasia, we were talking about mm. it briefly on the phone yesterday. In some, I mean, this has to be done. I saw some figures saying that over a million dogs get euthanized a year. They don't know how many cats. But this, again, is a product from overbreeding and people This is, just, I'm going to ask a stupid question. This is just in South Africa. A uh, million dogs. I don't know dogs. if those facts are, are correct. That is a very high number. I mean, number, some yeah. of these dogs come in, they are so badly abused, they are ill, they, they, there's no chance for them, like with this, um, this greyhound, who I think had to be yeah. used to mainly. The animals own yeah. good, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that for people who'd go, oh, you know, they shouldn't be euthanized, they should stay in a no-kill shelter kind of thing? Our policy is that we oppose the euthanasia of healthy animals. That we recognize the sad reality and that until such time as it's no longer necessary. Mm. For example, by law, SPCAs may not refuse admission to an animal. Okay. Okay. If you look at, we've got example of no-kill shelters who will say at Christmas time, sorry, we're full. We're full. Yes. Now, what happens to those animals? These are our concern. Mm. And they um, are full. They are overfull yeah, in some it, cases. It's often put to as yes, but you know what's happening in San Francisco, Maddie Center? Absolutely. But that is selective admission. And they will screen the admissions on age, breed. When I say color, you know, gin, if you've got five mm. ginger cats, you won't take a sixth. Yes, um, yes. Behavior, temperament, the whole thing. Mm. We take in, we will never uh, re- refuse to euthanize in an instance where someone brings uh, an injured or terminally an animal right. and says, I can't afford it anywhere else. Yes, mm. yes. And 
I, I don't know where the stats came from that you, you gave. I, I really don't. But remember, it's a broad spectrum. Mm. It includes mm. the animals, the, the cattle that were on that double-decker truck that oh, overturned. Yes. yes. It includes the reptiles that our people removed at Oatambo International Airport a few weeks ago. Um, they were the ones that had been posted from Mexico. And thanks to the postal strike... Oh. Was, <gasps> yeah. Now, what, what kind of reptiles were there? Um, like snakes, lizards? Lizards, some, the, oh the, the exotics. Did they all now, die? Oh. Some did. That is so um, sad. But again, we come back to euthanasia. And understandably, in a way, everybody thinks of dogs and cats. Mm. Or happy, overpopulated, yes. um, healthy yes. animals. What we're saying is, please bear in mind that there is a bigger picture. Mm. Um, any stats that would come from SPCAs, people say, well, divide it into this, that, that, yes, that, that. Yes. Come on, we're there for hands-on welfare work, admin. <laughs> we, you know, you're yeah. asking the impossible. So that number that Sharon mentioned, a million animals in a year, that you say includes the cattle. No, but, but, uh, but what well, my, my point it. is, is that whatever the stat is, it's not just dogs and cats. Yeah. It's the cattle. And look, it's a lot all are, of the are euthanized every year. A lot are euthanized, uh, which is sad. I mean, that figure needs to come down. People need to be more responsible. Christine, I, I really I, I take my hat off to, to yes. people like yourself and these inspectors. They must see horrendous things. I, I sit and publish a magazine and I get these p- pictures sent in or whatever and I don't look. You know, I've kind of got to the point now where I can can I help, can I not help but you cannot get emotional because then you can't do the job That's but you guys, you must see terrible things, I mean how do you cope you don't become hardened but my approach, if something happens I, I proverbially roll the sleeves up here, right, I'm going to go yes. into this, let's what sort it out right. what I cannot cope with it is good news um, mm. It floods oh, tears. Really? Oh. You know, you get a good news story. I, I can yes. be sitting at my desk and, oh, are you all right? What's happened? <laughs> oh, the most wonderful news oh, has gosh. just come in. And luckily there's lots of those too. Let's look yeah. at the flip side. There's lots of wonderful stories. Yeah. Christine, I actually think, I was speaking to Christine earlier, Jono, that we probably need to get her in every month to look at the stories that are happening. Yeah, but uh, yeah, at, just um, to help also where we can, you mm. know, uh, like I'm sure you know of dogs that are up for adoption and yes. maybe we can do something well, like that. Well, let's end with that. Christine, if people want to help the SBCA, yes. what can they do? What's the best way? Is it donations? Is it using the My School card? How, what can they do? All the above. Um, our advice, contact your local SPCA. Because you don't get government support. Not at, not at all. all. Not at all. Right. And any municipal support, which the National Council doesn't get, if that goes to an individual SPCA, it's payment for services. It's not a grant. Oh, right. It's not a subsidy. But all kinds of support are needed. Um, contact your local SPCA. Uh, welcome to contact the National Council, but in terms of people wishing to volunteer, yes. our work is so specialised um, that that wouldn't be possible right. for the National. Right. But remember, people with skills are invaluable. Sure. On a committee, let's have a lawyer, let's have a counsellor, let's have a vet, let's have... An accountant. Absolutely. There's there's many ways. So people, I think, get out there, help support, do what you can to enable the NSPCA and other shelters to do what they do. And I think that's about all we've got time yes. for. We're already running a little bit late. <laughs> but yeah. what an awesome Yes, no, thank you. Like, subject. I, I am better for it after this mm. last hour knowing exactly what, what exactly. Those are. Yeah, you've answered a lot of questions because yeah. I think there's a lot of confusion out there. And, and, uh, and I'm happy I know what NSPCA stands yes, for. Yes, you do. Yeah, I learn something every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we have Thanks, to go. Thanks, guys. We'll be back next Wednesday. Tune in or listen to our podcast after the show.